Luke chapter 2 and verse number 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's pray and we'll go on today. Lord, we do thank you for our blessings. We do thank you for opportunities and privileges that we enjoy each and every day. And we thank you for the opportunity and privilege it is to meet each and every Sunday, each and every first day of the week, and to open your word and to hear your word preached and taught and even sung about. And we we thank you for that. But we, we also thank you for this special day that we recognize as the coming of you, the Messiah, to the world, to then die on the cross to save those who will believe in you. We thank you for that. We thank you for your gift, your unspeakable gift, no greater gift ever given, your demonstration of giving by yourself. And we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. And we pray if there's someone in this room in amongst us that does not know you, has not yet received your gift of salvation, that they would receive you today. And others of us who have been saved, and we are believers and born again, that we would recognize through the shepherds, our own uh, lives and where where we are and what you'd have us to be. And I pray that you would just uh, bless our time together, help us to honor and glorify you in all that we do and say and hear from your word. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. I want to look today at the shepherds, and I want to encourage you to be like the shepherds, to be like the shepherds. The shepherds were simple people. The shepherds were not the wealthy, they were not the uh, the people that uh, the world would recognize as something. Uh, they worked the late hours. They had the midnight shift, you could say. Uh, they were just watching sheep, stinky sheep. And shepherds uh, had a job that involved taking care of the dumbest animal on planet Earth, I think. And that's what they did. They were simple people. And yet the Bible says in Mark twelve thirty seven, the common people heard him gladly. The Lord Jesus Christ uh, looks and sees the common people. I can't help but notice this. The shepherds were the only ones that got a direct invitation. You know, there was King Herod. Boy, was he important, or at least he thought he was. All the money and wealth that he possessed and power. Of course, there were the chief priests and the Pharisees who knew more of the Bible than the shepherds, I guarantee you. And yet, they didn't get an invitation. But God saw fit to send messengers, and that's what the word angel means, is messengers, to make sure that there were some lowly common people that heard about this amazing gift that he was giving to the world. In Matthew chapter 5, and verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit. 
There's just something special about the grace of God and his mercy. We were just in Sunday school this morning talking about Rahab the harlot. But God looked down and didn't just see a woman who had already spent some of her life as being a harlot. But we see that God looked down and said that woman was a special person who had a soft, poor in spirit heart. And God turned Rahab the harlot into the grandmother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see here the shepherds as just the simple people. And like all simple people, and like all people on planet Earth until Christ comes into their life, let's look at some things today and recognize some some parallels and some comparisons and examples. Number one, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. No doubt the shepherds probably picked an area that was lit by the streetlights, No, the truth is the shepherds were in the dark. And the only light would have been a campfire and any stars that might have been shining. We know one was. They were in the dark. And you know what? Just like the shepherds, there are so many people are just in the dark. I'll never forget when we used to go to the Star Academy Juvenile Center and we'd preach and teach and we'd talk about Christmas, of course, they all thought it had to do with Santa Claus and Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph. And then when it came to Easter, I'll never forget talking to one young man about what, what Easter is all about. And I said, have you not heard that Jesus Christ, well, I've heard something about Jesus dying on the cross. But did you realize, do you know what Easter's about? And he said, well, I just all heard about bunnies and, and rabbits and chocolate and eggs. And I said, do you know that Jesus, three days after he died on the cross, he rose again? This is a young man from South Dakota. I said, he rose from the grave. He's alive. He looked at me and said, Really? He had never heard that. Folks, in our own country, whether it's Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny, there has been a successful campaign to erase the reason for the season in our holy days, our holidays. And many, many people are in the dark. I was saying last night that when you go through town or in the mall or anywhere you go, you can hear lots of Christmas songs, but none of them have to do with Jesus and Christmas. It just has become just an event. And that's what people have. They're just in the dark. What in the world would you go to church on Christmas Day for? That's so out of the schedule, man. Because being in the dark, you just don't know and you don't think. And these shepherds, they were simple. And they were in the dark. But praise God, point number two, they got exposed to the light. In verse 9, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, (coughs) and they were so afraid. Praise God when he exposes you to the light. Praise God when light shines, and light is there to expose. That is a blessing. And listen, if you have been exposed to the light, even if you're rejected, even if you're offended by it, praise God that he would allow the light to shine on you in the darkness. Praise God for that. In Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to stay in Luke chapter 2, but I want to go back to Isaiah chapter 9 and look at verse number uh, 2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. This is a prophecy about what God's going to do because verse 6 it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. (coughs) And that is what God promised and then gave so many years later. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great 
light. But notice point number three back in Luke chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10. It says, and they were sore afraid. Verse 10, the angel of the Lord said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Not only were they in the dark, and not only did they get exposed to the light. And I'll tell you what, if you've ever been in the dark and someone snaps on a bright light, and I can't imagine how bright the angelic light must have been. But when someone snaps on a bright light, what does it instantly do to your heart? It scares you. Because there's one thing I understand about darkness. It tends to become comfortable after a while. It tends to become kind of relaxing and you get used to the dark. And there's one thing I hate when I've gotten used to the dark (laughs) is when someone snaps on the light. And instantly they were afraid. It reminds me in the book of John, we'll go over there, John chapter 1 and then John chapter 3. But in John chapter number 1, it says, concerning the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. And then John chapter 3 Here's verse 16, and you've probably heard this one, but let's read 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, just like Rahab the harlot believed. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world. Notice this, verse 19, And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. You know why God sent the angels to the shepherds? Because Herod and the chief priests wouldn't have appreciated it. You know why, who was in the dark more? Herod and the chief priests and the Pharisees. Oh, I'm saying physically, probably the shepherds, I mean, they probably out there in, in the night and around the campfire, I'm sure it was more dark for them than it was inside the lighted palace or temple or wherever those people were. But the point is, they were farther in the dark than the shepherds. And they wanted it to be that way. But it says here, Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. The shepherds didn't love the darkness. They were just stuck in it. They were afraid because light exposes what darkness hides. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16. I'll just read this to you quickly, but Matthew 4 and verse 16, it says, Let your light, excuse me, that's chapter 5, although that's talking about light, but verse 16 of chapter 4, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them that sat in the region and in shadow of death, light is sprung up. A quote from what I read in Isaiah. God is looking for people who are in the dark, but who want to come to the light. Light exposes what darkness hides. In order for Rahab the harlot to get saved, she had admit she was a sinner. And to be humble enough to not worry too much about the fact that she was known as Rahab the harlot. In order for shepherds to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, they had to admit that they were in the dark about some things. 
And unfortunately, a lot of people are more afraid and more worried about what's going to happen if they acknowledge their sin and they acknowledge their darkness than they are interested in what the light will show. Isn't that the reason why people don't get saved? And isn't that the reason why a lot of people don't want to go to church where they're going to hear some things that's going to be a light? I'll be honest with you. When I go to the dentist, I really hope that he has really poor eyesight. Oh, your teeth look great. No, I don't. I want the dentist to be able to see what the problem is. I don't want a surgeon who uses candlelight to work on me. I want the light to expose the problem because I understand the one operating the light loves me and cares about me. But when you're not sure and you don't know, you're afraid of the light and it exposes you and it's just, it's alarming and it's fearful. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God, little g, God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. And there are so many people today who are just blinded to the truth. They're blinded to the big picture. They don't understand it. They don't see it. What's the big deal? What's the whole point? What's the big deal? I mean, aren't we all supposed to just be happy and enjoy ourselves in this world? Listen, understand something. This world's not all there is. And it's not just about the here and now. It's about eternity, friend. One day there's going to be eternity and it lasts forever. And the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth and died on the cross because he knows that. And Christians who know that are trying to help spread the light and share the good news of the gospel because one day you will die. And without Christ, you will spend your time in hell instead of heaven. They were afraid of something they shouldn't have been afraid of. But praise God, they didn't stay afraid. Back in Luke chapter 2, it says here, again in verse 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. They heard the gospel. I feel sorry for people who run from the gospel before they can even hear it. As soon as they find out there's light involved, they run. They scurry like rats when the light is turned on. Listen, shame on you. And shame on them when they run from the truth and they run from the gospel. These shepherds, praise God, they were afraid, but they didn't run. They stood there and listened. And what they heard was the gospel. That's what good tidings are, good news. They heard the gospel. What is the good news? It says in verse 10, this shall be to all people. And then it's not just to all people, but to unto you, it says there in verse 11. So it's for all people, but it's for you. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior. I mentioned this last week or the week before. Had the angel said, for unto you is born this day a king. Now, is he king? Absolutely, he's king. But that wouldn't have interested the shepherds. We're shepherds. We're not allowed to go see the king. We stink. We're not important. Unto you is born this day a holy God. That would have scared them. But a savior was something they knew was promised. A savior is someone who comes to save you, comes to redeem you and help you and to make sure that you are rescued. That's the word that they heard that was important. And of course, that he is Christ the Lord. So they heard the good news, the good tidings, the gospel. I'm reminded of this verse and I'd like you to look at it. If you keep your finger in Luke chapter two, go to 2 Corinthians chapter eight. 
2 Corinthians chapter 8. What I love about the Lord Jesus Christ is this right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. There's just so much grace in this verse. 2 Corinthians 8 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, though he was rich, listen, Jesus didn't start in Bethlehem. Jesus was God before Bethlehem. Jesus created Bethlehem. Jesus created the woman that was going to give birth to him as a human being. Jesus was God, King of the universe. Jesus, creator of the Lord and Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus is all of all there is. Jesus came out of the ivory palaces and into a world of woe. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, he humbled himself and took on the form of a servant and was born in a barn. And this verse says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he sent his angels to the poor so that they, through his poverty, could be made rich. That's the gospel. And praise God, those lowly, insignificant, who cares really much about them, shepherds, got a special message like nobody else did that night, saying that God has sent his son and he wants you to know about it. That's the gospel. That's why we go and share the gospel with others. That's why we go out and we knock on doors and invite people to church, but more importantly, invite them to know the Lord Jesus Christ, to understand the gospel. And I look around the room and I see people who at one time did not have the gospel and the light shone on them. And maybe at first when the light shone on them, they were, they were frustrated by the light. I look back there talking to my friend Ernie before church today. Can I tell you something? The first time I invited Ernie to church, he didn't come. He didn't say all the details why. He just said, uh, uh, well, thank you, but uh, I could tell he wasn't coming. Second time, he didn't come. And God looked down from heaven and said, oh, pastor's not going to get him. I'm going to work on him through somebody else. And somebody else invited him, and he came. Can I tell you something? Ernie's not the only one. There's other people in this room. Invite you to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Nah, nah, nah. Church isn't for me. I ain't got time for that. I I walk in, the roof will cave in. Listen to me. The light is irritating. The light causes us to walk. There's something in us that wants to run from the light. It's our nature, run from the light. And yet we know there's something that draws us to the light. It's the gospel. And they were hearing the gospel. They were hearing unto you. It's for the world, but it's to you. And a Savior has been born. And you're going to find... well give you directions just go look in a manger no other baby is born in a barn tonight it'll be easy to find him just go find the baby in the barn you'll know it's him and had it been any other way had had they said he's in the palace they'd have said we're not going to the palace we're not allowed in the palace but the gospel was given at their level (laughs) 
I can handle barn. We're used to barns. We smell like barns. We can handle barns. That's the way the gospel is. Isn't that awesome? God comes to you at your level. You don't have to be something important. In fact, if you are, you probably aren't ready for the gospel. And here's the great part. Not only did they listen to it, they believed it and they obeyed it. Look at verse 15. It came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, well, what do you think? Do you believe that? Do you believe what we just saw? I mean, a bunch of people up in the sky flying around, lots of lights. Was that real or was I dreaming that? No, that's, they knew it was real. And they didn't say, well, let's flip a coin. Should we go? Oh, no, no. They weren't like hesitant. They just like, man, let's go. I have no idea what they did with the sheep that night. I don't know if they brought the entire herd with them down. I have no idea what they did with the whole flock of sheep. But they got to the, maybe they did. Maybe the whole flock of sheep ended up at the, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is they didn't worry about it. They just figured it out and they went. Several years ago, it's been five or six now, we did a Christmas program, and afterwards, Larry Matheson said, I want to talk to you about that. <clears throat> Poor Larry, he had, he had a real struggle going on because that year the Broncos were playing in the Super Bowl. Can I tell you something? Since the Lord Jesus Christ has come into Larry's life, the Broncos, <laughs> more ways than one, have taken second place in Larry's life. When you find Jesus, everything else is just kind of has been. And the shepherds, they believed the gospel and they obeyed. They said, go find him. And they went. Verse 15, let us now, not tomorrow morning when the sun comes up, not after we find somebody to, you know, watch the sheep. Let's just go now even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Do you believe God loves you? Do you believe the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sin? Then stop delaying it or or hesitating or dragging your feet and procrastinating. Just go to him. Come to him now. They believed and they obeyed the gospel. And you know what happens when you believe God and you obey God? Huh, funny thing. You find him. Luke chapter 2, verse 16. They came with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. They found the Savior, Christ the Lord. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If he cared about us enough to give us a special message from heaven, how could we not go? Listen, you might not have ever seen an angel, but God's given you special messages from heaven as well. You've got the word of God. like They didn't have the complete word of God. They didn't even know it. And yet there are people, messengers. That's what an angel is, a messenger. There are messengers who have told you and told others about the gospel, and there's no excuse anymore. In fact, the person who, who led you to Christ and invited you to come to Jesus was your angel. And they found the Savior. Let me tell you something. As I was starting to quote in Hebrews eleven six, 6, 
He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You want to find him, you'll find him. You want to know the truth, you'll find him, you'll know it. It's not hard to find him. He's put himself in such a low level that any one of us can find him, and that's on purpose. And they found him. And I look out at this room today, and I see a lot of people who have found him. You might have heard about him, might have heard prophecy about him, and might have heard this about him, that about him, but I don't think he cares about me. I, I think about right now that story of Larray being at the cafe and, and having really a rotten day and not wanting to believe in God about anything. I don't think there's a God. If there's a God, why is my life miserable? And just that particular day, someone left her a tip, a large chip with, a tip with a note on it that said, Honey, I just felt God wanted me to give this to you and let you know he cares about you. That's no, that's no less of a miracle than angels appearing to shepherds. Did you know that? That was your angel telling you, I know you don't think he cares, but he cares. And he came to you to tell you he cares. So, verse 17, and when they had seen it, they, uh, they kept it to themselves. No, that's not what it says. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. They glorified God, they praised God, and you know what else they did? They told other people about it. When you find the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't help but tell somebody else about it. When you find the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't keep it to yourself. You've got to share it with someone else and tell them the good news that you found. And I'm going to tell you right now, one of the reasons why the Lord Jesus Christ made sure that the lowly shepherds found out about him and his birth and why he came is because he knew that they would be humble enough to make sure it got broadcast to everybody. They weren't going to be worried about the fact that the shepherds, that the fact that they were told about the Christ, they weren't going to be worried about what people thought of them. They were going to be worried about that. That wasn't going to bother them. And the shepherds came, and once they found the truth, they went out and started sharing it and broadcasting it abroad. See, that's what Mark 16, 15 says. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. to every Oh, but, but they don't want to hear it. You know what I love? I love how God probably, I, I can't prove this. When I get to heaven, we'll find out if this is true, but I'm just going to use my imagination. I can imagine some very snooty, uppity, crusty person like a Pharisee or a Sadducee or a high priest or maybe even King Herod himself hearing about these crazy shepherds running through town saying, we found the Savior, we found the Savior, he's in a manger, we saw him tonight, we saw him. And I can just see a bunch of people going, Something fruity out in the hills last night. And some of the chief priests saying, Huh. They said Bethlehem. Well, that is kind of where the prophecy said. I can just see some people starting. I wonder if maybe Nicodemus heard about crazy shepherds running through town. He'd have been a young man at that time, but I wonder if he heard about it. I wonder if some other people might have heard about crazy shepherds 
who claimed to have seen Jesus and saw angels. God has set up a way for you and I to tell people about our salvation. Number one, it's through baptism. I think the reason why God set up baptism as the way to publicly identify that we are believers is because especially back then, not so much now, we're so convenient and we got indoor plumbing now, but back then, water was the central hub of every society. Every town that you see in America is built around a body of water. And and water is where everybody, you have to have water on a daily and hourly basis. And so for people to have been baptized would have been a public event. And it would have been something that the general public, hey, what's going on there? Why? Because they believe in Christ and they trust it. In today's world, it's a little more convenient, a little more modern, and I'm not against it. I mean, I'm telling you, you want to get baptized today, we got a heated tank. And that's all good. But you know what? That is one of the first ways that we identify and publicly share our faith with others is through baptism. Because I mentioned Ernie a minute ago. I think if I'm not mistaken, Ernie came to see someone else get baptized, and that's what got him to start thinking about himself. And I see Ross down there sitting next to his father. Ross got saved last April, and then it was May, late May, Ross got baptized. And his parents came, and his father heard the gospel. And with before June was over, with his father was saved and wanted to get baptized. That's the whole point of telling people. Spread the news. God did a miraculous thing for you and made sure you heard the gospel. And now that you've heard it, share it. Tell other people. See, be like the shepherds. We're not special. We're just shepherds. We're just lowly common people, but we've got an uncommon, amazing Savior. And so the shepherds became true Christians. They weren't just saying they were believers. They were obeyers, and they were witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be like the shepherds. Don't be like Herod or the chief priests or the Pharisees. Before I close, let me just say this. There are so many people in this story that were so lethargic about Jesus coming. When you read in Matthew 1 or Matthew chapter 2 about the wise men, when you read about the wise men coming, the wise men said, we have seen his star. We have traveled all this way just to see the Christ child, the he that is born king of the Jews. And the town of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem was like, let's go find out if that's, and they went and they found an old scripture in Micah And they opened up Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, and it says, he'll be born in Bethlehem. Well, I guess guess that's where he's at, is Bethlehem. But they didn't get excited. It's amazing that wise men who had a little bit of scripture, maybe from Daniel, knew more about who he was than the people who said they knew all about him and had much more of the scripture and had a complete lethargy, a complete lethargy about what he was and who he was. And when we read the story at Christmas time and we read about the events and we, we find out that there was a, a woman named uh, Anna and there was a man named Simeon who were aware of his coming and they met him a week later. 
And we read about the, and, and we see the shepherds who were excited, but we see most people were not excited and were not interested. They're busy. They're doing their own thing. Herod runs everything, and we got to worry about what Herod thinks and blah, blah, blah. And I have no idea what the economy was, but probably their gas was $4 a gallon. You never know. But I'm just saying that their people are just all, all focused on everything else but Christ. And the reason why I'm pointing that out is, you know what? It's the way it's going to be when he comes again. And it'll be only the crazy shepherds that are excited about him. It'll be only crazy. But listen to me. If he's come to you and you have received the gospel, share it and don't be quiet. Don't shut up. It said here, it says here in verse number 17, when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying. They didn't just leave little pamphlets laying around. They told people what they had seen. And so much so that verse 18, and all they that heard it wondered those things which are told them by the shepherds. You know why you got to tell your friends and neighbors about your salvation? You know why you got to invite them to come to your baptism? You know why you got to tell them the good news? Why? Because they need to start to wonder themselves. My own father told my grandmother, his mom, I'm getting baptized because I've been saved. Grandma didn't like it at all because she had him baptized when he was a baby. But here's what it did. It started my grandmother wondering. And your neighbors might never come to church. Listen, unsaved people aren't going to come to church. But if you'll keep preaching to them, they'll start wondering. If God lays upon your heart to leave a large chip and tip and write a nice note on it about salvation and about the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't necessarily save them at that moment, but it gets them wondering. And that's why we shepherds need to keep preaching the gospel. That's why we need to keep sharing the gospel, inviting people, because even though they might not make a move, they might be wondering. And don't be surprised if it's so lethargic out there and people just seem to have time for everything else but Jesus Christ. May I remind you, when he came the first time, he was only welcome in a barn. There was not even room for him in the inn. Don't be surprised at the world we're in today just keep preaching the truth and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and be like the shepherds. Let's close in prayer today. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for the example in the shepherds. Lord, we thank you that you loved humanity. You love those rich, proud arrogant people as much as you love the poor people but you have so much more access and so much more mileage out of the poor people than you usually do the rich help us to never be arrogant in our own minds help us to never think that we're special because we understand but rather to realize how many people are in the dark and they need the light to shine on them may we be the light that helps shine the truth Lord, help us to not just receive the good news, but then to spread it like they did. And may you use us to preach the gospel and to share the gospel and to share with others what you've done for us and how you were mercifully, humbly entered our level and came down to where we are. And Lord, help us to leave today and the rest of our life remembering to spread and to share the wonderful good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
In this world we have tribulation. But you said to be of good cheer because you've overcome the world. God, thank you. Help us to live joyful and triumphant. Help us to be overcomers who spread and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if there is someone here today, Lord, that is questioning their own salvation, not sure if they truly died, they'd be in heaven. If they truly uh, received Christ as their Savior, that they'd be in heaven today, they're not sure they've ever done that. I pray that you'd help them to realize the need for a simple, humble confession of their need to turn to you and to receive your gift. With our heads bowed before we leave today, would there be anyone that would say, Pastor, 